0: Welcome to the Pod 20 and my guest this week is the film critic Anna Smith. You may have seen a guest starring on the Film Review on BBC News. Find out from Anna what the must-see film is right now. Hollywood sitcom writer Ken Levine will be on to talk about why he decided to become a director. Seattle radio personality BJ Shea will talk about the dangers of caffeine. And Gemma Moore, one of the stars of the hot lockdown film Host, will be on to talk about the movie. But first, a message to Gary Lineker, who says he's going to take in a refugee to live with him in his home. Come on, Gary. Haven't they suffered enough? I'm Graham Mack, and this is the Pod 20, the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts right now. Heard on podcast radio, on DAB in London, the home counties, Manchester and Glasgow, on demand in the USA at talkers.com, and around the world on multiple platforms and as a podcast itself. At number 20, that's why we drink. Murder and the paranormal finally meet. Grab your wine or your milkshake, and listen to some chilling ghost stories and terrifying true crime stories. The world's a scary place, and that's why we drink. At 19, the Adam Buxton podcast. Adam's latest ramble chat is with the writer Zadie Smith at 18 girls on film with my guest this week Anna Smith. Anna what is the film right now that we should make a point of seeing?
1: The film I love at the moment which I covered um, recently on the film review is called Baby Teeth, Um, so it's an Australian drama. Do you know Ben Mendelsohn? Yeah Terrific actor, yeah. So he's finally gone. He's he's sort of went off to Hollywood and did loads of Hollywood movies, and now he's back on home soil doing a drama um, by Shannon Murphy, debut director. She's terrific, um, and he's with Essie Davis and also Eliza Scanlon, who was in Little Women. Um, and they pay Essie Davis and Ben Elson pay the parents of a dying girl. But somehow this is actually a comedy, believe it or not. It's a dark, dark comedy, and it has very, very moving moments, but it's about um, kind of dysfunctional parents who don't know how to handle their teenage daughter, who falls for the local drug dealer, Um, very, very biting, sharp humour, character-driven stuff, some moments of farce, and then sort of turns into a bit of a weepy. But yeah, I mean, it's not absolutely not for everyone, but hopefully by that description you get a feeling if it is.
0: It's called Baby Teeth.
1: Baby teeth, yeah, that's my. And the big
0: one favorite. to avoid right now—that's being overhyped. I mean, the one that's being advertised a lot is the um, the new Seth Rogen film. Is that any good?
1: I wasn't wild about that, to be honest. Um, I thought American Pickle was.
0: That's it, American Pickle.
1: Fine, um, and American Pickle. I mean, I I do enjoy Seth Rogen sometimes, but I thought this one, uh, and he had a few laugh out loud moments and the concept of it didn't really sustain the film for long enough. It was very much, I mean, he plays two roles, as you will have seen. So a man who's kind of effectively frozen in time, wakes up and then his great grandson. Um, And that's kind of funny, but to see those two talk head to head for most of the movie, it's just... Bit repetitive, and there's not really enough variation in it, so I didn't love that.
0: No, what worries me about the promo for it is there's that David Bowie joke, and I always suspect, is that the best joke in the film? Because if that's the best joke in the film, that's a long hour and a half for one joke.
1: I gotta say, that probably is one of the best jokes. I think your instincts are correct there,
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay? Before we talk about the podcast, let's find out about you where did you grow up?
1: Well, my dad was in the navy, so we moved around a lot. So I lived partly in the United States, part different parts of Scotland. But I did spend ten years in Exeter between the ages of eight and eighteen. So Devon really felt like home, primarily. Um, so yeah, starting off, um, yeah, starting off America and then Devon really.
0: And for you, was it? Did you get into journalism or did you get into movies first? Because one, you need both. Which way did it go? What was the progression?
1: Well. I mean, I, I did start writing for the lead student newspaper and the first, when I was um, at the university, and the first thing I w- submitted um, was a review of Basic Instinct, which was kind of, you know, to show my At what age? Um, well, I said at sort of 18, I suppose. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I was at university. I wasn't like a child. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I think I think back then actually, even though I hadn't thought that film criticism could be a career, I had the desire to write about movies. And I did study Thelma and Louise and such like in uh, you know my English degree. But um, I went into journalism. I did a journalism postgraduate course after university. And then I actually started editing magazines. So I actually entered sort of being on staff as an editor. And it was only till... I started writing about the films as part of my job as editor, sort of basically volunteering, that I suddenly went, oh my God, this is what I want to do. So it was quite late on that I discovered it. Well, I mean, I was in my mid-twenties, but by then I'd edited several magazines.
0: On the face of it, it sounds like a really cool job. It sounds like you get to watch films and then tell people what you thought about them. But there must be a downside to it. Does it in any way spoil the enjoyment of a movie knowing you've got to write something about it?
1: Uh, I'll always say I will never complain about my job. I mean, because it is the best job in the world as far as I'm concerned. I have worked really hard to get there, and it's not like anyone could do it. But um, I, I love my job. The only thing I don't like really doing is my like, finances and boring, you know, the sort of things that any freelancer has to do. Because <laughs> I'm freelance, the boring stuff, the admin. But yeah, that's you have to do it. Um, but it, I've always said, if, if watching a terrible movie is the worst part of my job, then aren't I lucky?
0: quite frankly yeah Uh, find a job that you love and you'll never have to work another day in your life I'm Graham Mack this is the pod 20 and we've got more from Anna Smith coming up when we'll find out what podcasts she listens to her podcast Girls on Film is at number 18 this week at 17 the good the bad and the rugby James Haskell Mike Tyndall, and Alex Payne talk all things rugby at 16 the Ezra Klein podcast winner of the 2020 Webby and People's Voice Awards for best interview podcast Ezra Klein brings you far reaching conversations about hard problems, big ideas, illuminating theories, and cutting-edge research. At 15, Hollywood and Levine from the Hollywood sitcom writer Ken Levine. Ken, you also became a director.
2: It got to the point that going down for these run-throughs, I would just dread because I'm just hoping, please let this work. I don't want to be here until 5 o'clock in the morning, you know, So I would just go down to these run-throughs and hold my breath. And I thought to myself, you know, there's something wrong when you're a comedy writer and you don't want to go down to the stage. Yeah. The stage is where you should be having fun. And I thought, well, the actors are having fun. The director is having fun. I'll be a director. (laughs) And, you know, I had been a showrunner long enough that I had sat through editing and torn my hair out over bad shots that directors got or shots that i needed that they didn't get and i thought he's making a joke about her dress and you don't have a shot of her dress like what and i was at that point kind of comfortable talking to actors i didn't really know cameras i really had to study cameras but then i decided okay take a shot at it and um i i you know, I audited Jim Burroughs, Andy Ackerman, a number of other directors. And so I, you know, I got my shot. And I did a Wings, which was my first one. It was a very difficult episode. And when I got through it, I thought, okay, if I could live through this, I could live through anything. It's interesting. I love directing. And the part of it that I now like the best Is the camera blocking? Wow! Once I figured out how all of that works, then it's like you know what? It's just me and my guys, and I'm setting up shots and having a good time with them. The camera blocking was my my favorite part, and uh, I knew I had sort of crossed a a line when I would prepare my camera blocking extensively i had like little toy soldiers and i would map out where a camera is and b camera and that sort of thing and um then i, know, I had directed maybe 10 shows by this point and i was the showrunner of a show on uh, cbs called almost perfect starring nancy travis yeah and the night before camera blocking I get a call from the director's wife that the director had kidney stone and was in the hospital. And I thought, well, okay, you know, we either shut down, which is going to cost us a ton of money, or I'll just come in and camera block it on the fly. I don't even know his blocking. (laughs) I have no preparation whatsoever. And it, it, this this might take 15 hours to do. And when I got down there and I watched it and it was like, well, okay, well, it all f- f- fell into place. It's like, okay, A, you get him. B, you give me a two shot. C, give me a master. You give me this. Then they're going to do C e over. A, you get him. You get her. Okay, I got to pull you to go to the door to pick up his entrance you can give me a raking master here. Uh, I need a reaction shot, so you B camera. You know, I'm looking at the cameras, and I'm going, okay, uh, C has a better master. I don't need B. Push in and get me a single uh, Nancy at this point. And I blocked the show in pretty much the same amount of time it took to block it after I had spent seven hours preparing. And kind of that's when I knew. It's like, okay, okay. And and I still prepare though, I I still do, but it takes me like an hour at home and I don't need the men. (laughs) And when I get down on the stage, something will change. You know, I'll say, okay, we'll have a single on the A camera and the camera coordinator will go, you know, there's a better angle if you get the single on B. And and it's like, okay, fine. But if I get single on B, then it throws off my whole pattern completely. And so then I have to be prepared to, again, work on the fly. Yeah. But as long as I know in my head what I want, you know, I know I need a reaction shot from Nancy here. And either I get it. I have two passes where I have two different assignments for the cameras and either I get it on one of those two passes or mark it as a pickup and I'll get it later. But at least I knew in my head what I wanted and I could take any episode that I directed and I could go into the editing room and I could give you a cut of the show. Right. Okay. Because I knew, all right, you know. I would go here I would go here Uh, I have a master if I want to lose a couple of lines because we're long I have a single on her you could lift that I have someone coming in in a single so I'm not married to a master so I could move this person across the stage and no one would know like I said it's it's complicated but it's puzzles and and eventually you get it and I had fun again On the stage, and I went home for dinner. So if the script was a total train wreck, I still had dinner reservations.
0: Uh, The advantages of being the director and the writer as well. That's Ken Levine, and Hollywood and Levine is at number 15 this week on the Pod 20. At 14, nice white parents. If you want to understand what's wrong with America's schools, you have to look at what is arguably the most powerful force in shaping them. White Parents. This is a five-part series from Serial Productions and New York Times Company. At number 13 On Purpose with Jay Shetty. Fascinating conversations with the most insightful people in the world. At 12 it's Desert Island Discs. Who have made classic episodes available? If you get the chance, listen to the one with the late Terry Jones from Monty Python. It is just great. Let's check in now with my special guest. It's the film critic, Anna Smith, who is also the host of Girls on Film, the podcast. And, Anna, what podcasts do you listen to?
1: I enjoy The Guilty Feminist. I think that's a fun one, which you've got quite a lot in common with. I had a phase of listening to the minimalists when I was trying to declutter, it didn't work very well, but it was great to listen to it. They, they are brilliant. Um, and I, I listened to the radio for ones like front row, um, you know, on BBC sounds, um, to keep abreast of all the arts shows and all the, the developments in the arts world. Um, and what else have I had? The Gal Dem, that's really interesting talking of intersectional femi- feminism. Um, that's um, a, a group of young women of color and they've been doing a podcast recently, which is really, really interesting.
0: Do you listen so, yeah. to to any like into? I mean, so many are interview podcasts. Do you listen to any of them to get tips on how to interview the the movie makers that you're going to come across?
1: I do. I mean, I mean, hopefully I don't need tips in terms of interview style, but in terms no. of what, the, <laughs> hopefully not. But in terms, of the, <laughs> in terms of the the people that I'm going to speak to, as as you do, I'm sure, and you seem to, do you, I really do my research. Sure. Um, And I will um, listen to them being interviewed anywhere that I can find because that is gold in terms of preparing, isn't it? And knowing what topics people might be strong at or how long they're likely to be or anything like that.
0: It's it's a nice way to research as well because you can do it lying down.
1: (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say... washing up
0: but you know lying yeah down, okay uh, well i tend to if i if i've you know i remember when i was going into the uh, the one i did with alan alder i listened to quite um, a few and i just listened to them lying down and, and made a few notes and stuff. Right? but it was actually it was quite nice quite a nice yeah. way to go other than sitting reading something off a screen yeah yeah
1: definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: what are you looking forward to anna oh
1: i'm looking forward to the cinemas being open in general um and seeing more movies on the big screen. Um, there, In terms of actual releases, it's very hard to say because obviously only now are things starting to get scheduled. Obviously, we've got Tenet coming up, the Christopher Nolan film, and that's really big news. Um, but What's that there,
0: one about? I haven't heard um, about that one yet.
1: So that's um, a sci-fi action film um, starring John David Washington, then sells some, um, mm-hmm. so possibly time-twisty. Um, so that's, that's coming out soon. And... There are some great films by female directors and it's a film called St. Maud. Um, in fact, around sort of Halloween time, October, there's going to be some really interesting female-focused horror movies. There's one called Relic I'm looking forward to seeing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, the doors being open and for me to be able to get back into the cinema and host Q&As as well. Um, yeah, really you,
0: you do a lot of that, don't you? That's one yeah. of your specialities. That must yeah. be really nice, actually, because you don't have to come up with any questions.
1: Well, you oh, well, no, you do because you you have to have a chat between yourself and the talent, as they call it, before throwing to the audience.
0: I see. Okay. Yeah,
1: and then you know it may happen that you have an audience with zero questions. I've had that, or ah. one or two. It, it, you know, it, you just don't know. You get shy people. Um, so, and you you need to be ready to bring it back to to you know your own questions. So you do. But no, I love doing it. I did. I hosted the first Q and A. We think it is the first Q and A ever. Happened since um, you know cinemas reopened after lockdown for Summerland the other week with Jessica Swale lovely film with Gemma Arterton so that was that was fun to be back back in the saddle for that
0: and it's fun having you on the pod twenty Anna Smith more from Anna on the way she'll tell us about filling in for Mark Kermode at number eleven this week it's revisionist history Malcolm Gladwell's journey through the overlooked and misunderstood. At ten, Sword and Scale, a true crime podcast covering the dark side of humanity and human nature. At number nine, The Hobbycast, featuring Gemma Moore. Gemma, you're one of the stars of the biggest film of lockdown, Host, which takes place on Zoom. And we're on Zoom right now, and you're at home in London, which is exactly where you were in the film. So it's like I'm in the film with you now.
3: Yeah, I do walk around the house now, like if I'm on my own and I'm like, please don't anything move. Just, just everything stay exactly where you are. Because um, I'm a wimp in real life. Um, so it started with we have a group of friends and we're all filmmakers. Um, Rob and Jed are about to do a, a film with Sam Raimi um, and we all chat um, and we do a film quiz every uh, Wednesday and then we just basically have like Netflix parties. So one day.
0: Um, and you do your film quiz on Zoom?
3: Yeah, we do our film quiz on Zoom. Um, it's a really good one. It's the Prince Charles Cinema Filmageddon. Um, and they just did a podcast about it, which is really nice. And we we're like, dudes, we're Swayze's babies. We're like, we're always on your, <laughs> on your quiz. Um, so... We one day Jed was like Gemma, please can you come on Zoom? And I was like Jed, my car's just been vandalised. I've got blister plasters on the spots. No. <laughs> and then he was like, but everybody really wants to see you specifically, and we all love you. And I was like, oh okay, then you're sure about? It. I'll come on. And so I went on the chat. Um, and then Rob's like, I'm just gonna. There's a noise in my attic. I'm just gonna go and explore it. And I was like, don't do that, mate. That's where all things go wrong. And you're on your own. And you know, don't. And then anyway, he goes up and as he goes up, he cuts it with a clip from wreck. I think it is. And then he goes round, and it like goes round the, um, the attic. And then it gets this point and this goblin just jumps out and then it cuts to Rob falling off the ladder and then <laughs> just being like dead on the floor. And in my mind I went, okay, Trump's president, uh, Brexit's happened. <laughs> and, like uh, we're, lock-
0: the- we're in lockdown.
3: <laughs> yeah. There's a pandemic. I was like, next logical step, Goblins are real, okay. Goblins are real. That's it. Fine, okay. And uh, and so I was like to start with like smiling because my bad default when I get scared is to laugh. And then after a while, I was like, oh my god, is he actually dead? And then just at the moment, I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to call the police. Then everyone's like, surprise! And so that video went viral, right? Uh, and then it got the interest of Shudder. And then the boys were like, do you want to come on another Zoom chat? We have something to tell you. And all of us girls were like, no. Um, but then they managed to get us all on and they were like, we want to make a film. We want to do this seance. Do you want to come and do a seance with us with a real medium next week and just to start the ball rolling?
0: So, um, so the, the film, for those who haven't seen it, it is a seance on Zoom. Are you telling me you actually had a real Zoom seance as prep for this?
3: Yes, and also there might be another Zoom seance going on soon. That's like maybe in the works. Um, much to my heart. I don't know if my heart can take it anymore, if I'm <laughs> quite honestly, but um we did it with a real lady and things that happened in the film actually happened in the zoo in the Zoom seance that we did, the real one. So a book fell off my shelf and I scream and jump up but I'm a wimp. So I just start crying and then come back to, and everyone changes the tone and they're like, okay, we'll just end it now. We'll end it. Like, and then we started to close it and the medium's internet cut off in real life. So you're by proxy now part of a real seance. Cause we never closed that one.
0: Um, Which is what and- happens in the film too, but with um, quite, um, well, it's a horror film. Like I don't want to give too much away, but horrible things happen
3: exactly so then from then it just started rolling and it was two weeks of non-stop filming, non-stop stunts, non-stop just changing stuff going on. Now with
0: the stunts because you're on your own in your place how did you manage, did the stunt crew come round and set things up?
3: Yes we had Lucky 13 Action uh, who is Nathaniel Martin and Matt uh, Matt's sort of like uh stunt company and they are incredible. And what they did is they had people. So they, first of all, we had a stunt house. So there was like a whole house of stunt team. So a lot of the stunts are actually real sneaky cuts that go to the stunt house. So they were working together doing stunts.
0: And that's a replica of your home. Uh,
3: pretty, pretty much Well, I, I did my own stunt.
0: Which, oh, I see. Right. Um, right.
3: A bit in the film I went not give away and what happened was is I went to somebody's house and uh, I basically the doors were all open and I just walked in and my friend was in her bedroom texting me and I'm just texting her being like okay so where's this and where's this in your house as I walk in there's just a laptop on the table with my friend's on the laptop rob and doug doug uh douglas cox the producer and rob savage and they're like hey jemma so i just walk into this empty space they're there and they're like okay so you're going to do this this and this then nathaniel martin comes in full ppe um and he's the only one so we're constantly two meters apart and he's explaining how this is going to work and this move's going to work and what's going to happen and uh and so i'm basically being directed from afar and then everything else was sort of my responsibility and there's a paramedic outside just waiting on his own in the car Um, so it was all there was like the safety of that but it was a lot of our own responsibility to do
0: yeah and you used all your real first names in the film yes now as an actor did that make things easier or more difficult because you've got to respond to the character, but you're you might be responding to the person you know because I'm guessing you you had all met beforehand.
3: Yeah, we we all knew each other as you knew friends
0: each
3: other? on like different sort of levels. But
0: so, so using the real your friend's name, but they are but you've got to react to them as the character. Was that easier or harder?
3: I think that once we got over the initial part of it being on names because i was like my character can be a bit of a douchebag so i was like well
0: you it's your fault that the whole thing goes <laughs> horribly wrong you started all off you're responsible for this
3: i'm not responsible for anything it's Haley's fault i just wanted to have fun <laughs> um <laughs> so, so yeah so i think on that quick when we were doing quick responses because we had a script that um was a guideline and then we improvised a lot of it. So being able to use each other's names allowed us for that quick improvisation of lines. Um so I I don't know. I think once we got over the initial first bit and I was like, okay guys, I don't want to say anything and this and people are going to be like because already people are like there's a hashtag called justice for Gemma because people <laughs> believe that I'm not to blame
2: <laughs>
3: so there's like memes coming out with my name on it which is funny and it's like a photo of Caroline and then they'd be like when Gemma messes everything up and then there's Caroline being like okay I'll die
0: then because Ooh. for a lot a lot of actors sure, that's okay for a lot of actors a lot of actors they like to hide behind a character that's you know a, as a human being why they became actors mm. but to use your first name was it, it was not an issue
3: i mean no because it's so i mean the stuff that happens if i was if the like, if people really believe that then fake news would be like I mean it's going strong but like, you know fake, fake news like well I mean that's why fake news is believed but I think that if anyone believes that I'd be worried yeah <laughs> I hope you didn't believe that. if not
0: it, it is, is great. It's not just because it's, uh, it, it, I mean, the timing is perfect. It's It's a lockdown. It's going to be the film of lockdown. Whatever happens, it's going to be the film of lockdown. But it does play into what the best horror movies play into, like that fear of the unknown. Like Jaws, you don't know what's beneath the waves. And Psycho, when you're in a shower, you you can't hear or see properly. And this, when you're on Zoom, you don't know what's behind you. Now, I'm, I've got a wall, so I'm okay. But anything can happen there. You know, I mean, it's the, it is that fear of the unknown that it taps in that thing that you can't see but could be there and uh, and and i really like that about it you've
3: And, got and a it, curtain. you've got, got a cur- what you've got a curtain to your right not oh, a
0: curtain yeah well, that's right yeah so yeah well this is actually i've got the door open because quite warm today so i've got the window open but normally i have this this is my wardrobe and there's a sliding door here that i normally have closed but because it's warm today so yeah you're right something could Attack me from the side.
3: There's a really scary thing. Like, if you see someone look to the side on their profile. Right. It freaks me out now because I'm like, because as a viewer, you're like, what's, it's like when a cat stares at a wall and you're like, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, Like, what are you looking at? Stop it. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think cats just love freaking us out. Gemma Moore, the movie's called Host, and the podcast's called The Hobbycast, which is at number nine this week on the pod 20. I'm Graham Mack, and this is the definitive countdown of the top 20 podcasts. We're up to number eight, which is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. At seven, Billionaire Boys Club. In the 1980s, in Los Angeles, a group of prep school boys got together to make investments, get rich quick, and live large. But they get sucked in deeper into a twisted scheme of kidnapping, torture, and revenge. The Billionaire Boys Club is at number seven. At number six, Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe's lockdown parenting hell. It's parenting, just not as you know it. Before we get into the top five, let's catch up with my guest Anna Smith, the film critic. You've been filling in on BBC News for Mark Kermode. How did that happen?
1: So I've been filling in for him on and off for a few years now, actually. Um, But, you know, like most people, he doesn't take that many holidays. So I just sort of popped up now and again. Um, But it's become more of a big thing, I think, in lockdown, because as you will have seen, um, the whole show is filmed um, in Mark's case, you know, from his home and then edited into an entire package. So it's just the one presenter talking to camera. Whereas when I used to cover for him, it was in the BBC News studio in London. So you just kind of rock up for 10 minutes, have a chat with a presenter, pick out a few films. And it was live so it's very different now doing a pre-recorded package which is um it's more work but it's really fun because you get to write a script and pre-prepare and to really think it all through and um and connect directly to the audience you know
0: because writing is your thing you're a journalist you've been writing about films for years in all kinds of magazines and in the guardian so how do you have to approach it then when you have to write something that you have to speak out loud
1: well it is quite different and obviously I'm guided by producers and such like um, but yeah as, as time's gone on I've got more used to writing for the screen and writing for radio because obviously it needs to sound like the way that you talk whereas you can write in a slightly different way can't you? You can write for for reading, is is a very different process if someone's going to be actually looking at something and you know everything from the punctuation to, to the phrasing is different really if, if, you're, if people are reading it in their minds as opposed to you talking directly to them.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a broadcast copy is usually short sentences and exactly full words, not Nappy. rather than com nothing is adjacent to it's next to that kind exactly. of thing. no yeah.
1: complicated phrases, no really long sentences. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, so the BBC, which is what this is on, they're famous for being impartial. Mm-hmm. And How does that work when you review a film because you might not like it?
1: Well, obviously. <laughs> the impartiality it doesn't really come into play when you're a. Film it
0: does. Critic. You get free reign then. There's there's no you pressure get, on you.
1: No, absolutely not. No, I mean, I guess um, the film review is very much me, or and primarily Mark, um, and whoever else might fill in for him as a guest critic. So okay. whenever I went into the studio, it was very much a BBC News presenter, and then they'd say, "Here is our guest film expert." Um, so you will find, obviously, that there are plenty of people with opinions that go onto the BBC to offer their opinion on what they're an expert on, whether it's, you know, political subjects or, or films or whatever, any kind of entertainment. Um, so, yes, that is where we are it allowed to... seen offer.
0: as a guest rather than the voice of the BBC.
1: Yeah, I guess so. But I mean, obviously, you still have a responsibility to represent the BBC, but um, I think everyone is sensible enough to know that a film critic has to have an opinion because that's the whole point of it.
0: Yes but the other thing with the BBC is because it's a a public broadcaster you're not allowed to endorse products so you you couldn't go on there and say I really like this I think you should buy it however if there's a film you really like and films are commercial entities people make them to make money most of them (laughs) you can go on there and say you should buy a ticket and go and see this film you must see it.
1: Well, I'm offering my opinion, and I think my responsibility is to the viewers um, and sometimes readers when I'm writing. And a big part of being a film critic is letting the audience know whether you think they would enjoy this film. Now, it's actually rare that I say... Everyone must see this film because I think you know everyone obviously has different taste, and there are maybe a handful of films which have broad appeal for everybody. But there's no way you you tell someone from a completely dem- different demographic to another that they should definitely see this film. So I think our job is to get the nuances of the film across to the viewers, so that they can assess whether it's their kind of thing, and also hopefully entertain them and enlighten them at the same time.
0: Well, you've entertained and enlightened us on the Pod Twenty, Anna Smith, who will be 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 back next week to talk about the uk critics circle back to the chart now and at number five david tennant does a podcast with and this week david does his podcast with judy dench at number four bj shay's geek nation hosted by the seattle radio personality bj shay bj are you still off the caffeine
4: I run high. I, I'm, I'm, my, uh, I'm a, uh, They, they call it cyclothymic and I naturally, it's like I have natural, natural cocaine in my system. So when some people really need to pick me up in order to do anything, I don't need that. I, I really run pretty high. Like I've already done a radio show. I've been up since four in the morning, and yet my body right now is juiced, and all I have is water. <laughs> My system just naturally does that, which is a beautiful thing for what I want to do for a living. But it, the trouble is, is that powering down is important because cyclothymia is bipolar's friendly cousin. It can be managed without medication, and it doesn't give you the massive highs or the massive lows. But I get higher highs than the average person, and I get lower lows than the average person. But I can manage it, and that all just—it's just all just based on discipline. Caffeine, full-blown caffeine. I mean, imagine somebody on a Coke binge, if you give me a Coca-Cola, just one, give me a regular cup of coffee. Uh, so, cause decaf is not caffeine free. It's just less caffeine. Yeah. A decaf will bounce me off the walls. Whereas mm-hmm. caffeine, you know, you'd probably be, you would probably not even be able to follow me in the interview. I'd be talking at a hundred miles or a hundred kilometers per hour, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that translates, it's a lot. You know, I'd be, and I'm, Already kind of doing that now, and I all I have is water.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. and, well, as you said, though, good. for the line of work you're in, it's a handy thing to have if you've got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and be sharp, you know, every day of the week. Yeah.
4: And you know, Graham, you know, being in the entertainment business like we are, how many people use artificial stimulants to get there? I mean, yeah. coffee's the milder one, but. In the, in the 80s, Bright Lights, Big City, cocaine was every stand-up comedian that I, I used to do stand-up comedy, every one of them. It was insane. They would get a little help from the powder. And I would watch them and think, wow, I don't understand why. And I never had a desire to do so. And then eventually somebody pulled me aside and said, you don't need any. Okay, that's why. <laughs> I said, you're <laughs> you're crazy just being you and i thought oh all right well i guess that makes sense uh, um i
0: spoke yeah. to jonathan brandmeier in chicago a couple of weeks oh, ago and great uh, talent great he,
4: talent. he
0: was he, he talks about there was a situation where there was there was uh, there was cocaine available and i think it was buzz his newsman said do not give jonathan brandmeier coke and he never went near it and he, and he, and he hasn't touched it but yeah there's certain people you don't need it yeah
4: yeah. It's so true. I, I, I've seen I've seen him at conventions, and of course, his career is legendary. And at conventions, it's amazing how aware and how much spark he has. Mm. Yeah, that makes that makes sense to me because a person like that you would explode you know i mean it's just you know the normal person it brings you up a little bit makes everything <laughs> seem fun i think i would explode i think it would just spontaneous combustion would happen i i think just talking to you makes people i mean i'm i feel
0: more awake now than i did at the beginning of this interview so uh, thank you very much for that it's it's an infectious thing you've got bj it's well, a natural you. i know you work very very hard but there isn't there is a natural a buzz you get from just being around you and hanging out with you that, that I've got through oh, yeah. this interview. And and so thank you very much for that. It's great to catch up with you again. It really is. We'll, we'll have to see each other again soon. I don't know when it'll be. I hope it won't be, uh, as many years as it was between, uh, but who knows with this know. damn virus when we can actually all get so to, true. Yeah. So the podcast, well, and, and uh, sorry, mate. Yes. No, I was well oh, I was, wrapping it up. But if there's that. stuff you want to get in, you better get it
4: in there, because you're going to regret oh, no. your higher reasoning. Oh, no, I, uh, <laughs> I was just going to give you platitudes back, uh, because I've always, i always found you a very, very uh, pr- wonderful person to, to spend time with. Uh, pr- probably because of the fact you might be the uh, yin to my yang, or the, or, or the yang to my ying. Uh, because I've always found you to be very pleasant, uh, grounding uh, someone that just no matter what was going on, it was always going to seem to be okay when I was around you. Is sort of like what I get from, uh, you know, being in your presence. So it seems like it's a good, you know, uh, symbiotic thing perhaps.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you very much for saying that, BJ. (laughs) The podcast is called BJ Shay's Geek Nation. It's yes. available wherever you get them. Is there a podcast of the of the radio show as well, or
4: do you make them just Yes, uh, it's, it's BJ and Migs. If you go to radio.com yep. and just put in BJ, Shay, you'll get everything. Yeah, and that's the probably the easiest way to go. Plus, my company would love it if I said Radio.com because uh, that's what they're doing. They're, that's their umbrella where everything is under, protecting us from the elements. Uh, so we'll say that's where you can get it. Radio.com, BJ, Shays, Geek Nation, BJ and Migs. Uh, don't go on the internet and just type in that randomly no 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 those initials are, yeah a little bit that's different that's a tough one uh, not safe for work uh, I, don't, I don't want any of the nice people that you know all of a sudden being brought in for questioning uh, you know it's tough enough to get employed without typing in the wrong thing on the internet that's for sure
0: thanks for the careers advice BJ BJ Shea will be back next week to talk about an epiphany for him a moment when he realised he had to change his life it's quite personal it was an intervention from his family BJ Shea on the pod 20 next week and BJ Shea's Geek Nation is at number four this week at number three the Joe Rogan experience Joe's latest guest is Miley Cyrus at number two it's last week's number one Spencer and Vogue from Spencer Matthews and Vogue Williams which means we have a brand new old number one Going back to the top of the chart, it is Shagged, Married, Annoyed with Chris and Rosie Ramsey. That's it for episode 19 of the Pod 20. I'm Graham Mack and thanks to this week's guest podcasters Anna Smith, BJ Shea, Gemma Moore and Ken Levine. If you'd like to watch extended video chats with all of my guests, check them out on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Next week, my special guest is one of the hosts of the true crime podcast, red-handed it's saruti bala and saruti red-handed was such a big deal before lockdown it even went on tour
5: oh graham they were meant to be back this year in a big way we were so excited we discovered that we just love being live we absolutely love it it's just the biggest rush the biggest amount of fun we've ever had and uh, we started slow we were really like I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, speak publicly on this are we going to be able to maintain our authenticity are we going to be able to do this we edit so much as well can we actually do this so we started small with a couple of little shows and then we were like right let's do it we're doing a UK tour we did six cities um, in about three weeks and we just had so much fun seeing people like in front of us like hearing them laugh because we don't hear that we're just yeah. talking into a mic you don't hear people go ah! or laugh or gasp or like shout something out at you even and uh, we just loved it it was the best and uh, we were actually meant to do um more touring this year um and it's just not happened so it's all been pushed back into 2021 but we are going to be um headlining at the london podcast festival so that is exciting so we're really wow. excited about that
0: And that is going ahead then?
5: That is, apparently it's going ahead. It's in about a month's time. They're yet to make the sort of um, official announcements and everything. But, uh, yeah, looks like it's going ahead, fingers crossed, in about a month.
0: You'll do a live show from there. So that'll be good. Yeah.
5: Well, well. it'll be,
0: yeah, that'll be more of a a, other podcasters kind of, that might not be as, it might not, because when you did your other ones, it was your real fans
5: yeah so. it was it was amazing and actually when you ask what happened at the live show we again because why not why couldn't we just stick to a simple hour and 20 minute show feels like you're going to the cinema you're in and out no our show was about two and a half hours long <laughs> um with the preamble it was about three hours long we were exhausted um but we had so much fun we just did one case like we do on the show we had the visuals we had a slideshow we'd made little videos um before the visual jokes because we normally don't get to do visual jokes which was fun yeah. um the killer we talked about is very tall so that i'm very short so there's a very very funny video of hannah piggybacking me and not piggybacking me, me on her shoulders just walking down the street there's all sorts of fun stuff that happened and we just can't wait to get back on the road
0: well i can't wait to get you on the pod 20 next week suruti from the true crime podcast Red handed. And what will happen on the podcast chart next week? Will Chris and Rosie Ramsey hang on to the number one spot, or will Spencer and Vogue go back to where they were the week before? Maybe your favourite podcast will be number one. Find out with me, Graham Mack, and influence the chart by making a recommendation at thepodcastradio.co.uk.